Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go. Thanksgiving Eve edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us around the state. Whatever station you're tuned in on, whether it be online as well, supertalkhattiesburg.com. We could go down the list, but uh, you know where to find us. And for those of you joining the podcast later today, a happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Full show, Noah Ferry from Ferry and Smith Podcast on the show today. Barry McKnight from Troy University, Keith Walker from the Super Talk High School Scoreboard Show, and Patrick Irby from Anatomies. Kelly's Kelly's involved in that interview, and uh, with good reason. Hey, he's going to tell us how much we ate too much tomorrow, and that right. we need to get back into you know. <laughs> hey, glad you're with us. Uh, broadcasting from the Southern Bank Core Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, Dickie's Barbecue Pit sponsoring the open segment of the show as they do every day, and we thank them for all they do. All right, glad to have Nora Ferry on the show. He uh, is part of the Ferry and Smith podcast, and they do a great job of covering Sunbelt uh, sports. And uh, Nora, I ask you this uh, off air. I'm going to ask you now that we're on the air. Uh, when the championship game is played next week, uh, should there be an asterisk beside that uh, in the record book? Because clearly the best team in the league is not going to be allowed to play. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think you could make that uh, that argument if, if James Madison, you know, isn't able to to play for that championship, which as of right now they they will not be able to. Um, I hate to jump that far, just because I mean, at the end of the day, Troy has been a really good football team this year, and outside of a you know a three point loss to James Madison at home, they've been perfect in Sunbelt Conference play. But I think it's certainly fair to say, I mean, if James Madison can't play in that, but hey, maybe James Madison goes and loses to Coastal Carolina this weekend, and then suddenly you could make the argument that they actually wouldn't be in this Sunbelt Championship game. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I understand where fans are coming from when they say that, but I'm personally not the, the biggest fan of that idea. Ultimately, you know, Troy's a good football team, and if they can win that championship, I, I feel like they have earned that right to call themselves Sunbelt champions. Yeah, I think that's a legitimate point. If Troy were to win the championship game, they're 9-2. and two. I mean, you uh, you could not take anything away. I, th- I think that's a great point. But I-, I think we can both agree it's a real shame about James Madison, uh, the gear they've had, and, and potentially not being able to play that game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think those of us who, who cover the league and, and who you know are, are have the heartbeat of the league, it is a shame. I mean, we want to see the two best football teams face off against each other on the first weekend of December. And over these, you know, last year and this year, we will not have had that opportunity. 
I think everyone would love to see a, a Troy versus James Madison rematch after how good the game was earlier on in the regular season. So, yeah, I mean, I think Sundell fans would love to see it. I think the student-athletes deserve it. For me, it was a disappointing decision that the university backed off of a potential lawsuit this week uh, against the NCAA. So, you know, sad all the way around. James Madison knows that they knew the rules coming into it, but uh, certainly an unfortunate situation for the student-athletes that have had to you know, put up with this rule over the last two seasons. All right, Noah Ferrari, two teams on the opposite end of the win-loss spectrum, Louisiana Monroe on the loss side. You got Troy on the win side. What are the chances that John Summerall will be the head coach at Troy next year? And conversely, what do you think the odds are that Terry Bowden will be back at Monroe? Yeah, I mean, when you, you know, you look at those two programs, obviously John Summerall has, you know, built a, a dominant program, a program that's now 21 and four over his two seasons. You know, there has already been some noise you know, surrounding his name on whether or not he would potentially get a job in the SEC. I think that Mississippi State job uh, could be a little bit interesting, but he has been on the record as saying that he's very happy uh, in Troy right now. I think he he sees that he's got a very good football program there and can be good into the future. So, you know, the, the farther we get into this, I could see John Summerall staying at Troy for at least another season, but you continue to have success at the G5 level, and we all know what happens. Uh, you take the jump. So at some point, if John Summerall continues to have success at Troy, he's probably, you know, moving on. Um, you know, Terry Bowden's an interesting case because, I mean, at the end of the day, we all know what this ULM program has been over the last couple of years. Uh, he at least has the, the Bowden name attached to it, and you know, if you're ULM, the question I think you have to ask yourself is, you know, what could you get that would come in and, and change that program? This is a program that has the lowest budget in the conference. Facilities aren't great. Uh, it's a hard place to recruit to. And, I mean, at the end of the day, I think Terry Bowden's just trying to get as much out of what he can. That's probably never going to be a ULM team that we're going to see competing uh, for a Sunbelt championship up against the likes of a James Madison that's athletic budget is two, maybe even three times the size. Luke? No, uh, another coach has kind of saved his tail, Sean Clark at App State, and it goes back to the to the Southern Miss win. Eagles were leading that one the whole game, and, and App won in the in the second part of the fourth quarter. And, you know, they won four games in a row, and, you know, what he did last Saturday at, at James Madison and then uh, Georgia Southern, who's kind of taken a tailspin the last couple weeks. Sean Clark's really uh, instilled some confidence in, and cooled off his seat in Boone. Yeah, I mean, I said it on last week's podcast. With uh, When you went over James Madison, he bought himself a lot of job security. I think getting back to a bowl game was huge. And, you know, honestly, right now, I don't love Coastal's chances to beat James Madison on Saturday. And I think App has a, a real good chance to be playing Troy in that Sunbelt Championship game come that first weekend in December. So, yes, the turnaround for, you know, Sean Clark and the Mountaineers has been huge. I've always been a fan of Sean Clark, I think. He's been a little bit of a culprit of expectations that have been building around that program. And I think fans are going to have to realize we've seen across the board this year, there just hasn't been many dominant football teams. There's been a lot of really good football teams. It's why the Sun Belt very likely could have 11 or 12 bowl teams. That speaks to the depth of the league. But as you see, the records are all, you know, six and six, seven and five. Everyone's beating each other up right now and i think that we're going to see that into the future but it should lead to a you know a pretty successful year in and year out schedule for the sunbelt yeah that was going to be my next question is 
you you don't have bowl eligible teams. You you can't fill up every spot. And so, are we about to see the Sun Belt possibly get like like nine teams in a in bowls, or is it are the spots just not going to be there? Or Sun Belt teams might get regulated for other possible six and six teams. You know, I'm not really worried about it. I, I think from what I'm hearing that if if a Sun Belt team's eligible this year, there probably is going to be a spot as of right now. There's actually not going to be enough teams to fill bowl games, which means that a James Madison is more than likely playing in a bowl game. You think of a Jacksonville State out of Conference USA that would be as well. So I think the uh, from what I'm hearing around the league office, they feel very confident in the fact that you know if we get to 11 or 12 teams, that each one of them is going to get a bowl spot. Um, ultimately, you wish you had more tie-ins, but you know there's you know certain conferences right now. You look at a Pac-12 right now that isn't going to use all their tie-ins. So I think the Sun Belt feels pretty good about getting all of their teams in. Obviously, uh, people are very familiar with the strength of the league and, and how these teams have performed this year. So I think that you will see each of the teams for the Sun Belt that is eligible for a bowl make it into a bowl game this year. And and Bob and Kelly, I mean, that, that would be a record. I mean, that would be incredible. Yeah, I mean, seven, seven was a record a year ago. I mean, we're already, you know, we're at eight right now. I think technically nine if you count James Madison. And then you've got, you know, three teams this weekend um, in Marshall, Louisiana, and I'm blanking on one more. Um, that have a chance to become bowl eligible. So, yeah, it's been a banner year for the league. And, I mean, I think the crazy stat right now, you look at all of the G5 and you sum together all the bowl eligible teams, you're not even going to be to the level that the Sun Belt has in one league. All right, Noah, we've got about 90 seconds left. Our, our, our view here is clouded by our love for Southern Miss. But in the time we have left, your observation of the current status of the Southern Miss football program. Yeah, I mean, I think I have been pleased to see just how they've turned it around here a little bit at the end of the year. I mean, the offense has looked better. Um, you know, I think it's it's not a, you know, a badly kept secret that Will Hall more than likely coming back next season. So, for me, this is a, a program that has been in search of a quarterback for years. Could Ethan Crawford be that guy potentially? Um, but they need a quarterback. I think the, you know, the question on my mind is what's Frank Gore doing next year? Is Frank planning on coming back? Uh, for another season, could he enter the transfer portal? Could he try to go to the NFL? I think that's a big key. Um, this is a Southern Miss program that you know facilities I think need to improve, funding needs to improve, support you know from the the community around Southern Miss football needs to continue to improve. Um, but right now, I mean, it has not been a pretty season, and I think that there are some very real issues that need to be addressed by Jeremy McLean and this athletic department as we head into the off season. All right, Noel, we appreciate your input very much. Always enjoy our conversations with you about Sunbelt Athletics, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Hey, same to you guys. Enjoy it, and uh, don't eat too much. Well, that won't happen, but thank you. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I know a Frary, everybody. Frary and Smith podcast. This guy's doing a good job, Kelly. Yeah, you, you can download uh, their podcast. They have a new one every week, and they, they outline you know specifically the Troy-Southern Miss game, which we're going to talk about a little bit la- uh, later on. You know, Does Troy sit the starters, or do they go, go full bore trying well, to We'll ask their play-by-play voice next. Uh, speaking of great podcast, the Super Talk Eagle Hour is available anytime you like on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. Or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle out. We'll be back with Barry McKnight, Troy University, right after this.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, make sure you check out Genesis of Hattiesburg, the official automotive dealer of the Super Talk Eagle Hour, the Genesis sedans and SUVs, the finest luxury vehicles on the road today, and coming soon, the all-new Genesis showroom on Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. Campus Bookmart sponsors this segment of the show. I visited with Miss Kathleen today. Wonderful as always. Pretty busy too. Did she? Did she get my sizes in, Bob? They're all in, Kelly. They got them stored back there by the tents. <laughs> well, <laughs> she was telling me that the Macy's people were wanting some of my stuff for their for balloons. the parade. <laughs> for the parades, so, yeah. Uh, Barry McKnight is the play-by-play voice of Troy University, and I was just informed he is the play-by-play voice of the Sun Belt Conference. Let me tell you something, about Barry McKnight's. Garen, Garen, yeah, Barry McKnight's voice, Bob. He he could make somebody scrambling eggs sound riveting. Right. Look, I I just wanted Dear to know, the Barry, eggs like are about ready. Are you like a? Uh, <laughs> do you sing like you know Frank Sinatra type of stuff too? Because I think it would sound incredible in the holiday no, season. It's, it's more like Frank Stallone, actually. Uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, there's no question about it. Uh, yeah. yeah, the um, I I don't know. I, I'd be willing to get. To take a crack at, at scrambling eggs, you know, but um, <laughs> other than that, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with what I got right I got now. All right, now, so, Barry, give us some good news. Tell us the stomach flu has infected the Troy football team, and as a precaution, they're going to hold out all their starters. <laughs> no, no, no. That's uh, We were being facetious about that before because, um, you know, Troy is a decided favorite in the game uh, against Southern Miss, and Gosh, they've been playing at a high level lately. I'm, I, I, I could come on and, and go all Lou Holtz and poor mouth this deal, but nah, yeah, uh, nah. this has been a stretch. And I've been doing it for 22 years, in which the sustained level of um, of productivity, the extent, the sustained level of success, is something that um, that's been unprecedented, yeah. at least in my 22 years. Let me put it in point. perspective, uh, Barry, for our listeners. Troy is nine and two, five and one, eight straight wins. The last loss, you got to go back to September the sixteenth, and you've only lost two games all year to ten and one James Madison. You missed a field goal at the end of that game, or you'd have won that one, and you lost a, a competitive game to eight and three in nationally ranked Kansas State. And other than that, it's just been another banner season. Well, some of the guys, um, some of the guys may have may have halitosis. I mean, one or two of them have. Uh, have a mole on their on their face, but that's you know there's not many imperfections. I'll go yeah. along with that, and it has been just to give you that perspective as well. Two weeks ago, Troy played at ULM and won that one. It was uh, it was Troy's sixth Sun Belt game of the year. Troy won that one 45 to 14. Guys, that's the first time all year mm. that a Sun Belt team has scored two touchdowns against Troy. So <sighs> you know it, it, it's been. Yeah, it's been that kind of a year, and quite honestly, it's been that kind of a stretch ever since John John Sumrall became the head football coach. That's no question. We just heard his record. It's impressive. So, so other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you like the play? (laughs) Well, you know, if if you're trying to find uh, chinks in the armor, uh, Troy has been has been relatively slow starting. Um, That they it, it takes them a little while, but. You know, you got four six-year seniors, including a six-year senior quarterback. You've got the number five running back rushing-wise in the nation. You've got a defense that um, is is. I mean, it's it's been unbelievable to this point. So, as you guys know, following football as long as you have, if you if you have if you start a program 
with an experienced quarterback who knows where to go with the football, with a pounding, elusive running back and a great defense, that is a pretty good recipe. Yeah. I'll admit to that. Thank you for running my Thanksgiving meal before <laughs> yeah. I went out. Bro. I really appreciate Why it. should we even go? <laughs> yeah. Get in here, Luke. I'll let you take over this. Mary, and, and let's let's specifically talk about the two guys that you mentioned. Let's talk about Gunnar Watson. Let's talk about Vidal, the, the running back. He's at 1,300 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Watson this year, 60%, close to 3,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, only four picks. Just talk about how those two guys have led this offense. Well, first of all, let's start with Gunner because, indeed, with all respect to Kamani, who's phenomenal, uh, Gunner has been the critical factor in the, in the offense and in the team, really. I mean, he's a six-year senior guy. His career has been anything but smooth. You know, he, he, he has had times when he's lost the job. Uh, he didn't play last year, you'll remember, against Southern Miss. Um, he's had times where he's been spotty and got lifted midway through the game in his career. But he is one of only, I think, nine sixth-year senior starting quarterbacks in the country. And he is the only one that has not transferred. I mean, he has stuck it out. And he has this year, um, you know, he has rededicated himself. He's watching film and everything. He rarely makes mistakes, number one. He hasn't thrown an interception in, I think, 194 straight passes since the Georgia State game forever ago. He knows where to go with the football. He has, he has the team. John Summerall says it this way. We've got guys in the quarterback room at Troy who are bigger and stronger and stronger arms and faster and more elusive. But what Gunner has got is he's got the team. Uh, yeah, the, he, he has played a lot of winning football. He is, you know, he is a, a leadership guy. And the team will, you know, I mean, in the fourth quarter, if a game is close and you've got Watson in your, in your huddle for a, you know, for a potential game-winning drive, they are all in on him. And that's invaluable. For Kimani, Kimani is, you know, just a spectacular young man, a uh, Doak Walker semifinalist. Uh, he's been pointing this year where he's led the nation in rushing. Uh, he's about 5'8", 215. He can, he can leg press the gym. Uh, and he's a guy that he's got speed. It's not that he's not elusive, but he tends to wear on you. Um, you'll look up in the first quarter. He'll be along with 25 yards, maybe, maybe 45 yards at halftime. But when it comes to the fourth quarter, and he's still going strong, and he's still stiff-arming guys, and he's still you know, initiating contact, at that point, a lot of times in his career, Opposing defenses get tired of tackling him. And, you know, when you take a lead into the fourth quarter out of all of these close wins Troy has had over the last two years, and you, we call him the closer because with a lead late in the ball game, we call Kimani Vitell's name out a lot at that point. Solomon on defense, 14 tackles for loss, 13 sacks. And this is a team other than Kansas State. You guys have basically, uh, you know, allowed less than 20 points a game. Well, the, the, the real story, I guess, if you guys love a story on defense, Javon's a junior. The other rush end is Richard Jubinor. It's technically a bandit uh, position or a jack linebacker, which is a hybrid D-end and linebacker. Uh, they both were, were bandit linebackers last year. Well, some all got tired of looking over on the sidelines when the defense was on the field and seeing Jubinor or Solomon standing beside him. He said, hey, we've got to get both of those guys on the field at the same time. Javon Solomon will play in the NFL. He's not going to play in the NFL as a defensive end. He'll be a rush linebacker. 
But for the good of the team, he said, okay, I will, uh, I will put my hand in the dirt. I will be a defensive end. Um, and Juvenor is, you know, is so fast and so, so relentless. But Javon said, I'll do that for the good of the team to get us both on there. And he hasn't missed a beat. He, he has been really good, particularly over the last two games where he has, he's had seven sacks in the last two games. And he presents an offense, a real headache. You know, do you, you can't double Juvenor. And leave Solomon, you know, you can't double Solomon and give Juvenor a, uh, an offensive tackle to, to deal with. So you've got to pick your poison there. They have been really good, but they've been really good in tandem so far this year. Barry, you know, John Summerall's name is going to be on just about everybody's list. The media loves, you know, throwing names out there for any potential openings. I mean, you guys know mm-hmm. that's coming, right? Well, he's got, he's got the most high-powered coach's uh, attorney. A coach's um, agent in the business, and it's his job to you know present John's name in you know in those circles to keep his name warm, which is not hard to do considering he's twenty one and four since right. he's been at, at Troy. So you know, it, I keep saying it this way: if somebody, if there's a school out there that wants to talk to John, you know, that's a smart thing to do. That's what I would do. You know, uh, if they're smart, they would do that. And he's going to get uh, interest. A lot of it is because of, you know, the circumstances he came into. Face it, this program was kind of poised for success under Coach Lindsey, who won, you know, his share of games, but lost a lot of close games. Uh, he recruited really well. So Summerall was poised for success, and he really has kind of changed the culture. If there's a program out there that um, you know that wants a high energy, highly disciplined guy that the players would run through the wall for, yeah, I get it that they would talk with John Sumrall. But he's happy in Troy. It's a great place to to raise a family. He's got four children. He and his wife are very active in the community. And like he said on Monday at the press conference, you know, I don't know if I'll spend my whole life if I'll be eighty years old and and still living in Troy. But it would not be a bad thing. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be unhappy about that. That's how he says it anyway. Hey Barry, always a delight to have you on the show, and uh, we appreciate you letting us poke a little fun at you about the team getting sick. Uh, we don't want that to happen. We, we want to see the, we want to see your best team on the field side. Everybody's fine. Kamani may have a hangnail, but other than that, we're good to go, guys. <laughs> Great, Barry. Thanks a lot. That's what we were afraid you were going to say. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving, fellas. Barry McFight, everybody, the play-by-play voice of Troy University. When we come back. Big weekend in high school football, Kelly Sanders. South State and North State. Two two teams in each division, and it'll be down to one after this weekend. Keith Walker is the co-host of the Super Talk High School Scoreboard Show. He's going to join us uh, next. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, I want to thank Barry McKnight for Troy University for completely destroying my outlook on the Thanksgiving weekend. That was pretty ominous, Kelly Santa. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll just see about that, I guess. Yeah. Four Street Bar Grill sponsors this segment of our show, and 
They'll be open Thanksgiving night, and uh, if you don't go to the stadium, which you should on Saturday, I'm sure the game will be on 4th Street. But there'll be a lot of great basketball and football all weekend long down at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Starting tonight. Starting tonight. Yeah, yeah a lot of great sports. Basketball tonight, we'll right. uh, uh, be talking to you about that. 7 p.m., South Dakota State, uh, Henry Green tonight. Women last night defeated Valpo 61-49. They continue to look really good. Uh, the men need to win this game tonight against uh, a really good, I think, South Dakota State uh, basketball team. Hey, Keith Walker joins the uh, Eagle Hour uh, to preview the high school playoff games. He has been the co-host of the Super Talk High School Scoreboard for 21 years uh, this year. And uh, Keith, we are we're delighted to have you on our show. Thank you for your time today, sir. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, glad to fill in for Will. I'll say this: I grew up on Kelly. As Kelly always would call us when he covered uh, Oak Grove. So I, I know the, the Cyclone that's down there, uh, he does a great job for you. The <laughs> Cyclones uh, didn't quite have enough for Texas this week. Uh, didn't quite cover, but a great effort by him, uh, Kelly. Well, people ask me all the time if Kelly gets mad at me, and I laugh and say, no, Kelly and I have been friends far too long. Uh, uh, yeah, we're very good friends, and uh, we, we pick at each other a lot, but we kind of enjoy it. He gets his share in, too, let me assure yes, you of that, Keith. Yes, I do. He, He's a pretty short-witted guy, yeah. All right, so a uh, big, big weekend. Uh, we've got two schools that our Laurel Station is affiliated with, Laurel High School, West Jones. We we do a high school game of the week in Jones County. That's worked out great for us, and uh, so we're very proud of both of those schools. Let's start there, Barry. How do you how do you like Laurel and West Jones' chances Friday night? Uh, I, I, I like uh, West Jones' uh I'm actually going to go ahead and, 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 and I think a lot of people probably around the state maybe thinking picking you, but I, I like the West Jones team. I love their defense. I think their offense is, is, is coming around. I, I just think everything sets up for them. I think it's going to be a big crowd there in so-so, and uh, I think what lunch meet and the guys are going to get a win uh, this week. And how about the Tornadoes? Scrappy team, I, I tell you, uh, uh, I really like them that was a great game they played with Brookhaven last week. Uh, I like. I'm going to lean Laurel. I think Laurel gets it done at home between the bricks. Uh, and I got to say that because one of my former bosses way back in the day when I started out in accounting, he's a Laurel alum. He told me I better pick Laurel. So I'm going to. Yeah. I'm going to go with Laurel. Yeah, Luke, I'm guessing you like Keith. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's two for o, two and O and free state teams. And back to that point, kind of uh, Keith, and I'm sure you guys have heard this. Chris Davis for Picayune. Apparently has to set out uh, the first half of this. Uh, he got, he was ejected in the second quarter of, of last week's right. game, so he set out the second half and sits out the first half. And that you know, but I mean, Picayune still has tons of guys that can run the football. But when you miss that guy, they are missing something special. Absolutely, I got to see them the first uh, week of the season against Brandon. If we can kind of transition there with uh, Brandon with the big matchup with Oak Grove uh, rematch, and uh, Picayune went into Brandon and won that game. Uh, I really liked Oak Grove last week. I think they played the, uh, probably the best game overall anybody in the state. They were really dominant in that win over a really uh, improving Meridian team that uh, Coach Bulls is going to have that team uh, as contenders here uh, probably, I think, as soon as next year. But Oak Grove seemed like they're getting it together. Uh, balanced offense. I really like how uh, Maddox, the quarterback, is playing. I think uh, Coach Merchant, he's one of my friends. I go, we go way back. I played with his, uh, for his dad there at Pearl. Back in the day, and uh, he uh, he's done a good job with getting that defense, who I think has turned around since that Brandon game. Brandon, of course, guys on fire, 
I think they've won uh, maybe 10 or 11 consecutive ball games after they started 0-2. You know, one of the other games that uh, people just south of us are looking forward to is undefeated Columbia goes up against Poplarville, and this Poplarville team was a tale of two cities. They were not good. That team was not very good the first three or four weeks of the season, but they figured it out, and now they've got one other thing to figure out that nobody else has figured out is how to beat Columbia. Right. Uh, Columbia, just a fabulous season, undefeated. And, you know, Poplarville always is, is going to be there. They, they're one of those teams. They, they seemingly they play the tough pre-region schedule, and they kind of get things going. I actually came through there uh, on the way back from uh, New Orleans, and I stopped in Poplarville, and I talked to someone. I think that was the night they played the Aggies in the, in the playoffs, and they felt confident about the team. I, I would still think Columbia, they've had a really outstanding team, kind of one of the more underrated teams in the state. I look for Columbia to win that ball game. Yeah, I think Chip Bilderback, you know, continues to crank out, you know, good teams in Columbia every year. And and I agree with Keith, you never really hear a whole lot about the Columbia Wildcats, but when the smoke clears, that blue and yellow standing there at the top. They have the best stadium in the state. Really beautiful football At the NFL actually helped yeah, finance very, part of that. Very, pretty. Uh, All right, Keith, Keith, who else you like this weekend? How you see things well, shaping up? Uh, big, uh, you know, a big game in the north. Uh, Madison Central kind of – Kind of got things going uh, lately. They had the upset. It was maybe, I think, a small upset, and they knocked off Tupelo. Uh, I actually think the region with Madison and Starkville uh, and Tupelo was stronger than the, the, the north region. But uh, Madison going to, Tupelo, uh, to Starkville. Starkville's kind of had their number, except when Madison's able to get through. When they won the recent championship down at Southern Miss a couple years ago, uh, they won and went through Starkville. Like I kind of like Trey Petty and, and the Yellow Jackets and a close one in the North uh, as, as far as seven A. Uh, let's see in six A, you, you've got Sal Panola who hadn't been uh, in the championship. Uh, I want to say it's been about eight or nine years since the uh, the Tigers were there. They get to host Grenada, and if they win, they have the short trip over to Oxford. I know their fans are looking forward to that, and uh, you know those you guys would have to see those uh, those teams. Uh, if, if by chance, uh, what is it, West Jones gets there, that you'd be looking at South yeah. Panola or, or Grenada. Uh, 5A North, you've got West Point, who's the perennial power. Uh, we've seen they, they've had a great year. I look for them to get back. Uh, maybe in 4A, Knoxville County, a team in the north. I know we're down, uh, you know, guys are down in the south, but some of the teams that I'm a little bit more familiar with, Knoxville looks to get back and have a chance in uh, 4A. Uh, let's see, Raleigh. Everybody thought Raleigh was going to maybe take a step back, but they're right there this year. Uh, have a chance to uh, to get back to the championship, so I look for them to win. Uh, I think it's just going to be a great night. I think last week, guys, that round of the playoffs is usually the best round because you've got the last eight in each uh, division or each classification, and everybody plays hard. But we're going to have some great north and south uh, state championship games, and good luck to the teams in uh, Jones County. I think everybody would be happy with the results uh, at uh, you know about ten o'clock Friday night, I'm looking for both those teams in uh, Jones County to win, well, and I'm yeah, going to pick and, Oak and, Grove uh, to beat Brandon. Oak Grove and, will beat Brandon, in my opinion. I hope. Yeah, that would be a huge win for for the Warriors. Kelly and Bob are looking right out at their stadium where the Hattiesburg studio is. I want to go back to one and, and two. Uh, you you talked about Raleigh. Heidelberg is kind of a story that people really haven't seen too much. Started off one and two, one out of their one nine out of their last ten. 
and two weeks ago beat Bay Springs, who drubbed them earlier in the season. I love stories like that as well as the 1A South. We know some buddies, uh, some buddies of mine coach for Taylorsville and, uh, Keith, we're still trying to figure out how, how Simmons is a, is a South team, but Taylorsville went probably the longest road trip last week for a playoff game and one up, one up North. So, I mean, both up one and two A South games, even though Riley's favored in the two A game, they still, they still could provide some excitement. Yeah. I, with all the things that happened, uh, at, at Heidelberg last year, those kids that, that coaching staff has just done a tremendous job and they made the playoffs last year. You kind of thought like maybe it was a team that was a little bit under the radar, as you mentioned, uh, a fabulous season by them. And then, you know, uh, as far as the, uh, the, you know, the other stories, I guess that's, I guess I would answer Luke, that's geographic, uh, geographic, uh, geography in Mississippi. <laughs> we can have a team up north playing in the south. Uh, it just happens that way. But I, I think those are going to be some, some great ball games. Just really looking forward to it, uh, with all these teams. It's, this is going to be a great uh, Friday night of football action. Yeah, we look Knoxville. forward to uh, uh, you guys and uh, broadcasting and listening to you guys and hope people uh, tune in on the uh, the uh, Farm Bureau School Board show to uh, listen to us, uh, listen to Butch, myself, and Lance uh, and uh, Caleb at uh, at ten oh six. You know, that's the Knoxville County is another one. Could be one of those sports oddities that they could have won the state championship as a team from the north. This year, Knoxville County could win a state championship representing the that South. That makes no sense at all. No. no. And then you got, uh, what, the, the first ever 7A champion will crown. Uh, that'll be history. We'll have a 7A champion. And then uh, with the schedules this year, you have uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for the championship games up in Oxford. All right, Keith, we really appreciate your input, man. We hope you have a, a great Thanksgiving with your family, and we're all looking forward to the, to the scoreboard show Friday night at 10 o'clock. Guys, thanks for having me. Uh, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you guys, and look forward to listening to you guys uh, uh, bring the action to us over the radio. Thanks. All right, Keith Walker, 21 years on the Super Talk High School scoreboard. And I, and I say this tongue-in-cheek, you know, I don't know how that scoreboard show has not won a Peabody Award for yeah. you know, journalistic excellence. Some of the reporters that they have calling in from right, these right, high right, schools, right. the janitors, hey, the police hey, officers. Right, right, the, hey, right, hey, right. hey. All right, we know everybody's going to pick out tomorrow. Patrick Irby is going to wind up the show today by telling us how we need to counter that. Are you listening, Kelly? Yeah. How we need to counter the big Thanksgiving meal and Kelly and I's fifth piece of pecan pie by tomorrow night. Or pumpkin, whatever the case may be. Just give me a pie. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Southern Miss to the top. All right, D1 D-Bat sponsors this segment of the show. Great place uh, to take your children for baseball, softball training, but a great place to go now. Get a gift card from the pro shop. Make a great Christmas gift idea. You've got a, I'm sure a lot of you have little ball players in your family, and they'd love to go to the pro shop at D-Bat or D1 and uh, pick out whatever they want for Christmas. So that is a great Christmas shopping idea. Also, thanks to Town & Country Cleaners. For their sponsorship of our show, they're located across from USM. They've been there since 1983. All right, we want to kind of end this week, uh, the pre-Thanksgiving uh, portion of our show, on a little lighter note and get away from football and basketball and 
So we bring our good buddy, uh, Patrick Irby, owner, operator, CEO of Anatomy's uh, Fitness uh, Gym. Slave driver. Yeah, yeah he's, <laughs> he does it all. I've seen him do literally everything. Every, Slave driver. Everything. Yeah. I've seen him do everything at Anatomy. Yeah, just making sure that I get my steps in and all yeah. that, Patrick. You know. All right, so Patrick, obviously everybody's going to eat tomorrow. We really enter the holiday season. You know, on a serious note, it's kind of a – kind of an issue for some people you know it's this 30-day stretch here about where there's so many there's so much offered food to you and you're going to parties and business functions and family get-togethers how do you balance it out Patrick how do you enjoy it all and uh and still maintain uh your well-being through the holidays uh it's all about moderation Bob you know the thing is it's you know, food has been meant to enjoy. I mean, it, it, it fuels you as well. But, I mean, we make it fun, right? And social events all gather around food and family. And you don't want to deny yourself those things, and you don't want to be afraid of it. But, you know, the reality is it needs to be, you know, treated with moderation so that it doesn't put you in a, um, what, a between, you know, Halloween and, and New Year's, a, a 60-day binge, Right. That uh, creates, you know, several months worth of work just to feel normal again. So, you know, you just enjoy those things and then, and then get back to a well-balanced and, uh, and sensible, you know, diet. Right. And keep up your exercise routine throughout the holidays. Is that not equally as important, Patrick? Oh, it's, it's, it's probably during this time more important because the reality is we're going to be eating things typically uh, that we don't normally eat and Again, you know that stuff just—it just—it just goes with the time of year. But if you're consistent, I mean, it's not that you can outwork uh, poor nutrition, but you can certainly stay active. It's when you shelve it, when you shelve your activity level, and you and you put it off, it makes the restart process so much more difficult. Whereas if 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 you were you know consistent coming in and uh, and following you know a moderate exercise program, even if you're Say you're normally an exerciser four to five days a week, and, and you know, the, the, the holidays and the season, it gets you to where you're going about three days. At least you're still in the pattern. So when all the hoopla settles down, you just pick it back up, you know, but you don't let go of it because that, that makes it much more challenging on the, on the, on the, first of the year yeah what's been interesting to me patrick is i hear people who are disciplined and you know exercise is a regular part and i asked them i said do you have problems over the holidays and most of them say no no it's just i mean no. because part of your life they probably. prioritize you know the exercise whether it's holidays or not they're they're going to the gym they're working out yeah and, and that's good you know and and some people are just just motivated that way. Um, I would say that I'm an eight out of ten on exercise regimen motivation, and and my holidays gets a little erratic. I mean, and I have other seasons, you know, throughout the year where you know things pop up and stuff, and you and you get a little sideways on it. But you know, you you, you really work hard not to let go of your your regiment. You know, um, if you can keep keep a pattern going, then it just gets easier. Now, those folks that just as man what they do and they don't miss a beat and more power to them come on yeah but the reality is many of us you know we find it a little bit more challenging and that, and that's okay yeah that's okay luke get in here quickly with patrick 
Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to preemptively run a 5K this afternoon, Patrick, because tomorrow it's going to be rough. And 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 around the holiday season, another thing that pops up is people are traveling so much. Like I was in I was in San Antonio last week, and man, I tried to walk a lot. I I couldn't get in exercise at the hotel because the days were so stacked. But to your point, what's really helped me, and you know you you know my weight loss over this past year, is just to do something. If I can just do something there today, even if I don't get my complete workout in, just doing something uh, will will at least help hold the weight off. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, it, and it keeps you movement. The, the, the thing is, when you get stagnant, when you become sedentary, um, everything gets tight. And especially if you're if you're older, and, you know, someone who's 17, 18 years old, they can sit around for, you know, three, four weeks and then turn around and, and probably do everything they were doing before. But, you know, you my age, you take a little time off and Man, everything hurts twice as bad. And I got a friend that says you can hurt sitting still, you can hurt moving. The second one's a better option. You're right. Well, Patrick, we appreciate your input, man. And uh, Anatomy's the place to go. And there's just a full service uh, health club that uh, can help you no matter your age. I- I'm a testament to that. And uh, we appreciate all you do, Patrick. And uh, happy oh, Thanksgiving thank to y'all. you, my friend. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And appreciate all you do. All right. We love you, Patrick. Thank you. All right, real quickly, Luke Johnson. Picks. We're gonna we're gonna stop. We're just gonna kick it off ahead of time because there's a game tomorrow involving the Detroit Lions, and they may win it. Packers at Lions tomorrow. Let's kick it off. You Lions ne- a seven and a half point favorite. Never pick against Detroit on Thanksgiving Day. And the Lions are good this year. I like Detroit. We will not pick the battle for uh, a certain type of uh, no, no, egg, but no. yeah, go Lions tomorrow and uh, go Eagles Saturday. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll take the day off tomorrow, have a best of show, but we will be back on the air Friday with a live show. And the CEO and founder of Super Talk Mississippi joins us, Steve Davenport. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening in Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.